In a world full of opinions and anger, I think it's time we have a conversation. I'm your host, Emily, and here I'll talk about all things life, love, Jesus, marriage, and so much more. So whether you're listening or joining in, I think it's time we have that conversation. Man, hey everybody. Um, this is two days late. Um, and I guess if this was a heavily sought after podcast, I'd have more to apologize for. Um, but God laid a scripture on my heart um, a few weeks back um, and then laid this podcast episode, you know, in context of that scripture on my heart a few weeks back when I started this whole escapade like a month ago um, about, you know, episodes on Jesus and stuff and I was like man I am gonna do this episode on when bad things happen to good people um and kind of like where that like badness or that darkness kind of originates from um like at conception really um and then kind of how that manifests through life and I was like so gung-ho and like when I came up with this idea a few weeks ago Man, I was doing, like, my dream job, and I had just moved into this, like, new apartment um, in my favorite city. Um, my, like, my husband and I are, you know, in a really good spot and just all this stuff. And I was, like, really, like, riding this high. I was like, oh, my gosh, I love my church. I love my job. I love my life. And then now I carefully classify myself as a good person. But, and then a bad thing happened um, to me. And to a few of my friends who are really great people. Um, and I kept thinking about sitting down for what will most likely be an hour to record this episode. And it just got harder and harder. I just kept not doing it. Um, and now here we are. It's a Tuesday evening. My podcasts typically come out at Monday mornings at 8 a.m. And they will be back on schedule next week, I assure you. Um, but... Yeah, I just, I thought I was, like, being so cute, um, like, coming up with this to be the topic that I talk about, and, um, you know, what is it, like, the plans of, like, best laid intentions or something like that, um, best laid plans, something, um, I don't know, I mean, God always has a way of putting something on your heart or in your path, um, that you need more than, Whoever you think needed it needs it. Um, you know, it's like when you go on a mission trip and you end up learning more um, and having your heart changed more than you probably change other people. It's just the way that the Lord works. Um, he's mysterious like that. But um, anyway, I apologize um, that this episode is late. Um, but yeah, it was just, it's been, it's been a moment. So um Anyway, I do want to talk about this. I think it's really important why bad things happen to good people. Um, I think it's a question that everybody asks. And in all of my humanity, um, I'm going to do my best to root this in scripture. I'm going to base it off of a scripture. I'm presently sitting staring at five of my Bibles, which is six different translations. Um, And um, I'm going to read them all to you um, because I don't think that scripture ever returns void. So I'll just read them all to you. Um, and then I'm going to talk about it and then I'm going to probably let some of my humanity get in the way and we'll talk more about it. And then eventually, um, the app that I record my podcast on will tell me that I can't keep talking anymore and I will be done for the evening. Um, but the scripture that I want to focus on is from the book of Matthew, which if you know me is one of my favorite books, I can camp out in Matthew all day. Um, I love Matthew. Um, so I um I found this scripture a long time ago. It's actually highlighted in my not my first Bible because I don't highlight in that one. Um, but my first like I have a relationship with Jesus Bible, which all of my Bibles kind of tell a different story of where I was at with God when I got them, um, which is cool. And I'm somewhat of like a Bible collector. I like to have a bunch of different ones. Um, my friend actually just sent me one um, in shoot is it greek i want to say um and yeah it's just like really cool i just i love them all so i'm gonna read them 
all to you, um, basically, because I can't help myself. And you can pick whichever version resonates with you, and then we're going to have a little conversation about it. So anyway, um, Matthew 13, 24, it's the parable of the weeds. Um, it says, and this is the, which one am I reading to you first? Naturally, I grabbed the Bible. It doesn't even tell me what translation it is. Um, Okay, well, this is a translation of the Bible because I'm a hot mess and I'm recording this episode late and I can't even tell you what kind of Bible this is. It says Net Bible. I don't really like the N-E-T. I don't know what that one is. New English translation. Okay, so this says, he presented them with another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a person who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, an enemy came and sowed, sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the plant sprouted and bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. So the slaves of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you sow good seed in your field? Then where did the weeds come from? He said, An enemy has done this. So the slaves replied, Do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, since in gathering the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At harvest time, I will tell the reapers, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, but then gather the wheat into my barn. So that's the NET. I assume that that's the New English translation. And then which one's closest to me? We'll hit the uh, New Believers Bible. That's the New Living Translation. And this one says, um, oh, wow, this one's like all titled different. Okay. Parable of the wheat and the weeds. Um, Here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night as the workers slept, the enemy came and planted weed among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked. No, he replied, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles and burn them, and to put the wheat in the barn. Two down, three to go, people. Okay, this is the New Revised Standard Version. Fun fact, this is the Bible they gave me as a child. It still is read where the Lord is speaking, and I have, like, color-coded tabs on them. Not that you care, but just if you wanted a personalized experience of this scripture reading. Um, this says he put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field, but while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, no, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. I'm loving that in every translation, the weeds always get burned. (laughs) Like, it's always like, yeah, throw that in the fire. All this bad crap, let's just burn that, never to be seen again. I'm into the consistency there. Um... So this is going to be the NIV and then the message um, here, I think. And then this one, yeah. The NIV and then the message. These are the last two. So the NIV says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you were pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Man, again, he's like, burn the bad stuff and bring into my home, like bring into my safe space the good things. Like, ah, I just love that. God's so cool. Um, And the message. This one's probably going to be a little out there, y'all. If you've ever read the message, like it just says like a million words to say one thing. Um, But I like the message. This is how I sort of like figured out the Lord was the message. So anyway, um, this says he told another story. 
God's kingdom is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. That night, while his hired men were asleep, his enemies sowed thistles all through the wheat and slipped away before dawn. When the first green shoots appeared and the grain began to form, the thistles showed up too. Wow, I can't say thistles. Um, the farmhands came to the farmer and said, Master, that was clean seed you planted, wasn't it? Where did these thistles come from? He answered, some enemy, enemy did this. Wow, I'm going to suffer here. Um, the farmhands asked, should we weed out the thistles? He said, no, if you weed the thistles, you'll pull up the wheat too. Let them grow together until harvest time. Then I'll instruct the harvesters to pull up the thistles and tie them in bundles for the fire. Then gather the wheat and put it in the barn. Okay, so that's all five. And from reading them, you're like, ew, Emily, you just wasted so much time. Um, these all sound the same. Here's the thing. They sound the same because God is consistent, because God is always good, which I'm going to circle back to basically this entire time. And I've got like 50 minutes to do it. So hang tight. Um, these all sound the same because God is the same today, tomorrow, always yesterday, forever. Like he is always the same. Um, he is consistent and he's good and he is merciful and he forgives and he has no intention of wrongdoing or ill will. Like he is a good, good father. Um, and so I wanted you to hear the consistency in scripture because I want you to understand that how deeply it runs, like that he is consistent and he is good. Um, also I mentioned the fire and then the barn because I like, it needs to be known like for as real as God in heaven is also, so is hell. And so, um, like all of the bad things, like all of the evil in the world, like that, like is of Satan and like that goes to like basically an eternal damnation like the fire fiery pits of hell like for lack of a better way to put it like that is like he burns that away from us and he prunes us of that and like it's like what is that John five fifteen like without him like you can bear no fruit like he pulls off all of the dead branches like he is the vine we are the branches and he pulls off anything that does not bear fruit and that's exactly what this is saying like all of these weeds all of the thistles like they are pulled apart and then they are burned never to be able to like touch you again when we go into his barn i.e the kingdom of god his house like when we are reunited with him um so that is an illustration that just needs to be like understood and rendered um but where I want to sit here is that every single time in this parable, Jesus is like, hey, the farmer, God, sows good seed. He plants something that is good. He creates a, a new life inside, you know, a, a womb. And he, he maps out a path for their life. And he does all of these good things. Like he has so much good in store. Like he sees your future and the walk of life that you'll have with him and he'll see all of the happy things that can come your way and the parents that can love you and the school that you'll go to and the life that you'll live and the people that you're slur you'll serve and like just all these things um and he he presents that new life opportunity you know in inside of someone and um and then <laughs> sin creeps in and then the enemy creeps in. And, you know, this is like a much broader topic, but it's kind of where I've landed with, you know, when people are born with any sort of like abnormality or um, condition or I don't even want to get into it on here right now. But like when a lot of people like all of my all of the times that the conversation about like homosexuality has come up, like everybody that I know that is gay has been born gay. And so kind of in the same way that is like sin, that is Satan creeping in. And I'm not saying that like having like autism or something is a sin. What I'm saying is that Satan tries to undo the good things that God does. And God is always better, which is why the wheat in this case always grows, but it grows in adversity and with thistles and with with weeds trying to choke it out, you know, and, and rob it of its nutrition and of its, you know, um, success really. Um, like there are what, like, are they like rose, are they vines or something that like more or less like choke out plants and like starve them of all of their nutrients and whatever. Like, it's kind of like that. So like Satan creeps in even before like, um, birth really. Um, and tries to just make things harder, make things more difficult, separate us from God, like all of these things. And so um, 
that can look like any number of things. But I think at birth, like there are so many just like not obvious examples, but um, so many opportunities for you to see that, unfortunately. Um, Like whenever, you know, you're holding a tiny baby that had like a really hard life in utero or is born into a really hard family or was born with all these challenges or was born needing all these surgeries or whatever, like Satan really is trying to choke out the good thing that God has intended for this little baby's life. Like that is just whatever, what I look at. And even as some something as simple as, you know, a learning disability or anything like that, like he's just making it more difficult. He's not robbing them of that. Like it's still possible. Like you can still be an incredible person with challenges or whatever, but it's just another stumbling block, another hurdle, like just something harder. Um, and so then I love that in this parable, Jesus is like, Hey, like if you pull up the, if you pull up the weeds, you're most likely going to uproot the wheat. And like that wheat needs an opportunity to grow and to flourish and to do all of these things. Um, and this wheat will eventually feed somebody. This wheat will eventually, you know, take care of somebody. And so to pull it up just because of the existence of the weed, it's not worth it. Like, it would be better to allow this wheat to flourish, like this person to flourish and to have the opportunity to live even in hardship or trial. It is like, it is good and it is for the betterment of the kingdom of God for us to exist than it would be to be like, oh, well, this isn't a perfect person right from the get-go. So like, yeah, we're going to nix you, which hear me now, I am so wildly against abortion. You cannot be any more like sucker of the like goodness that the Lord can prepare for somebody than that. Like, I think that that's the ultimate like chokehold of the enemy, but whatever. So like, if you got qualms with like me talking about like people not I mean not having kids or like having kids that are less than you know perfect or ideal circumstances or whatever like I'm talking to you like don't think that their life is less valuable or that someone doesn't deserve to be around just because it's going to be hard like they do you don't get to choose that but God does and he continues to choose us time and time again for us to be able to grow and to thrive and to do more and to be better and all of these things so just choose it for yourself and choose it for somebody else would you um but that's neither here nor there on this subject that can be a song for a different day as well but um I just this parable is so big for me because um when we ask the question why do bad things happen to good people a lot of the time, those bad things leave people blaming God, which is why the title of this episode is You Can Blame God, But You Probably Shouldn't. I mean, you still can, but you probably shouldn't. Um, because it's so easy for us to have belief in the Lord and to rest with Him and to sit with Him when things are happy, when things are good. Um, it's easy to bask in God's beauty and everything that He's done for us when we're sitting on the mountaintop. Like, I will get my lawn chair and I'll throw off my hiking boots and I will, like, I'll bask all day. Um, The sun is a little warmer. um, The air is a little cleaner. The sky is a little clearer. And, like, everything is just more beautiful when you get that bird's eye view of, like, wow, look at all the majesty below me. But you have to remember that you're looking at it and you think that you're above all of the things that are going on down below on the climb up the mountain or the climb back down the mountain or in the valley or in the wilderness, like you are sitting on the mountaintop. And so our frame of reference is we are above this. Like we are better than this. Like we have deserved more than this. And now here we are. Um, and so inadvertently, unintentionally, you're looking down on all of those things that brought you to the mountaintop. Um, and all of those things are the only reason that you were strong enough to get to the mountaintop to climb all the way up there it's the only reason that you have the eyes to see how good God is and how beautiful the things are that he's created and laid out for us but for those of us that it's so easy to love God when things are happy when things are easy when things get hard when the weeds come when bad things do happen then we're quick to blame God for being unjust or unfair or punishing us and I'm guilty of this like when I have had bad things happen to me I'm like 
did I do something? Did I deserve this? Did I bring this upon myself? Like, am I being punished? Um, maybe like, I just don't deserve to be happy. Like maybe, maybe God is good, but that doesn't mean that my life has to be. And that's a really big thing that I struggle with is that maybe I'm just not called to be happy. Like my life has been a lot of hardship. Maybe I'm just not called to anything else, like to a life that's easy or simple or anything like that. And that sounds like so dramatic, but I've wondered it. And I wonder it because I just like, I have known a mountaintop, but man, I know the wilderness so much more intimately. Um, and that's just like a hard reality to face, um, that my mountaintops are smaller and they're shorter and that someone else is probably getting more of it than I am. Um, I don't know, but in all of those times, there's such an opportunity to blame God for whatever it is that we're going through. Um, you know, I had a friend lose her dad. Um, I have friends that are currently dealing with challenges in pregnancy. Um, I'm dealing with challenges, um, in friendships and in my work, um, or lack of work, I guess. Um, shout out to all the people I'm not friends with, I guess. Um, but I, I, and, and, in marriage, um, so much hardship in marriage, hardship in my health. Um, and it would be so easy when I got sick to blame God, to be like, well, you just like, you made me sick. Like you are not, you're choosing not to heal me. Like I'm not going to get better and it's God's fault because he doesn't want me to get better. And the thing is, is that you can make that your excuse if you want to. If you want to be in that headspace where like, yeah, God's just punishing you and God's just maybe, maybe he's just not as good as you thought he was, or maybe he's good to other people, but your God's not. Like, let me circle back to the fact that God is always good. God is always in control as long as we allow him to be and he is always good just because this side of heaven just because humanity is not good has no bearing on the character of God it's why last week's episode on church hurt is so big is because humanity does a really crap job of representing the gospel even when we have the best laid intentions to be the goodness of God or be the hands and feet of Jesus. Like we do such a bad job because we're human, because we're sinful, because at conception and birth, Satan had already sowed weeds into our wheat. And it like, it was hard from the get go to be good, to be better. Um, And we forget that. And we think that we're entitled to something more than that, but we're not. And, um, us blaming God for something that Satan did, um, and us blaming God for something that a lot of times we do, um, or us blaming God for something that just is this side of heaven because it's imperfect and it's dirty and we're complicated and humans are hard and being alive is hard. Like blaming him for something like that is just not, it's just not the answer, you guys. Um, it feels like it is, but it's not because God is good and God always wants what's best for us and God always wants us closer to him. And if God wants us closer to him, why would he Why would He hurt us? Why would he allow bad things to happen if he knew that those bad things happening would push us away? If that's what causes people to ask the question of, you know, is God even real or is God near me or does he even love me? If those bad situations are causing those thoughts and God wants us to hang out with him and be with him forever, why would he allow or why would he cause bad things to happen? Like that doesn't make any sense. But the word I just said is really big and the word that I said is allow. So in that parable, the farmer allows the weed to grow with the wheat because without with pulling the weeds, the wheat doesn't get an opportunity to grow anymore. And so he allows it. And he knows that that might have repercussions. He knows that. But he knows that the repercussions will not outweigh the benefit of that wheat growing in the first place. And so we have to understand that when something bad happens, when someone is malicious, when someone loses their life um too soon when someone gets sick when a marriage falls apart when there's 
some sort of trust broken um, or tragedy. Um, It's those weeds doing their best to take the nutrients from us. It's Satan just interfering with the goodness of the Lord. And it's just humanity um, being messy and being hard. Um, it's not, it's not God. That's why, like, if you've ever heard beautiful things by, I think it's Gungor, like G-U-N-G-O-R, like that song, the whole thing talks about the fact that, you know, the Lord makes beautiful things out of dust because we burn ourselves and we burn others time and time again. Like we burn the whole place down, um, trying to be better or trying to be more or, whatever we try so hard and it just always goes up in flames and then we're looking at you know the burn pile of all those weeds you know like whenever we think that we've separated one from us another comes up and so we're walking through the smoke and the aftermath of what we thought was the final fire and then realizing that we're gonna have to walk through another one and be refined again and God makes the most beautiful things from those ashes, from the ashes of the life that we thought we were going to live, the ashes from tragedy, the ashes from loss and from hopelessness and from despair and from heartache and from anger and from turmoil. Like he makes the most beautiful masterpieces. I know that I wouldn't be the person that I am today if I wasn't sick. If I didn't understand unimaginable pain, and I didn't have to fight my way through that every single day, I wouldn't be able to empathize with the with my friends or know the, you know, strong people that I know that are suffering alongside me with even, you know, more complicated things than I am. Like, I wouldn't have the compassion for them. I wouldn't have the understanding. I wouldn't have gone and seen five feet apart by myself in a movie theater on the last day that it was showing and sobbed knowing what it felt like to not know if you were ever going to get a normal life. Like to know that I have friends that have that condition, that I've known people that have been lost um, to having a relationship with someone even when it's dangerous or whatever. Like, man, I mean, I cried in that movie. I love that movie. Maybe I go watch that movie after this. Um, but I am a better version of myself. I am more compassionate. I am more patient. I am more vulnerable than I ever have been because I'm sick. Um, and all the traumas that I've been through, like, man, I was able to work in a domestic violence shelter because I knew what it meant to be abused. Like, I know how to work better with, you know, victims of of rape or trafficking or whatever because I've experienced a small sliver of some of the trauma that they've been through. Like, I, I'm not saying that to help people, you have to live their traumas or anything, but like, I never knew that that's something that I wanted to do. I never realized how big of an issue it was. I didn't realize how many rights you lose when someone takes your rights away from you and then you try to restore them, like how broken the justice system is and how um, how much more advocacy needs to exist for victims and survivors and that there's not enough space for social work and for outreach in schools um, and in inner cities and in certain communities and like all this stuff, like I would have never known. Um, I, I wouldn't know, you know, a lot of the things that I know about family and about boundaries and relationships if my parents hadn't gotten divorced and if my family wasn't, I love you guys if you're listening, but like we're dysfunctional. And I know what I want my family to look like moving forward with Ryan because I know what I don't want it to look like. Um, I I know how to manage money better and time better because I didn't have everything growing up. Um, nothing was handed to me. Everything was earned. I know the value of a dollar for that reason. Um, am I its best steward all the time? Absolutely not. But I I know better and I know what to do to be better. Um, and I know how to help other people or you know, I see the abundance in the reaping of blessing somebody else. Um, and I, I would prefer to bless somebody else than be blessed because I know what it feels like, you know, to be on the receiving end of that. Whenever someone out of nowhere for no reason chooses to change your life. And that right there is the goodness of God. Like, in its purest form, like all of the things that I've been through, every weed that has tried to choke the life out of me, literally kill me, um, 
anything like that. Like every time Satan tries to get his grasp on me, like God always says, but wait, there's more. Like when my book eventually gets published, that's the title. It was almost the title of this podcast, but I'm pretty sure it was taken. Um, but wait, there's more. Like that's really what I should have named this episode. Maybe I do a whole nother episode on it, but, um, when something bad happens, like when you lose a parent or you lose your spouse or, you know, someone gets sick or whatever it is, like think about the way that your family pulls together or think about the way that strangers bless you or think about the way that the lives around whoever is hurting are being changed by that. Think about the person who's hurting and how their life is being changed. Like I'm not saying that everything, I hate the like terminology of everything happens for a reason. Everything that happens I mean, yeah, it happens for a reason because someone had to make a choice to do that thing that impacted you and Satan made a choice to impact you and God maybe made a choice to allow it um, because he can, you know, miraculously intervene if he so chooses. But like, I don't know that everything happens for a reason is like a great blanket statement in the moment. I think looking back, absolutely everything happens and the it's not the reason that it happened, but it's the outpouring of the aftermath, like God can make anything beautiful. He can restore, he can heal, he can renew. Absolutely anything that happens to you or happens around you, you just have to allow him to do it. And if you blame God for not pulling up the weeds in your life before they could hurt you or before they could attack you or before they could threaten you or whatever it is, if you blame him for that, blame him for seeds that he did not plant whenever he... I mean, he tended, you know, the fields and he, he put down all the fertilizer and the happy soil and he watered and he planted you like this good, good seed and he planted you and he went to bed and he said, wow, like this was work well done, like day seven, then he rested, you know, um, you're blaming him for the fact that somebody else, something else, some outside factor came in and then did something awful with an intention of hurt sometimes or not, um, you're blaming him for something that he didn't do. And then you're like, okay, well, but he allowed the weeds to grow. Absolutely he did because would you have wanted him to choose anything else? Think about all the good things that are in your life. You know, like I have the best dog and I have the coolest twin sister and I have some of the most incredible friends um, and I have the most tender-hearted husband, and none of these things would exist if God had pulled out the weeds that were surrounding me because I wouldn't have been the person that I am to accept the people into my life that I have, to be in the places that I've been, to have the jobs that I've had, to serve the people I've served. I don't even know if I would know Jesus the way that I do if it wasn't for the dark places that brought me to the light. Um, And if I'm like, yeah, but God, like, why did you allow this to happen? Like, why did you do this thing? Because look how strong I am. Look how much I've grown. Look how I'm like basically a sunflower and I try to find the sun every single time I'm able to get just an inch above whatever weed is coming next. Like when Satan attacked my body and attacked my health, it was because I wasn't allowing him a foothold in my marriage. And when he attacked my marriage, it was because I wasn't giving up on my health. And when he attacked my work and my relationships, it's because I had told him where to stick it with my health and my marriage. And he's getting desperate because he can't have me. Like there's no amount of weeds that he could plant that will force me to quit growing, that will force me out. Like I am planted in the seed of good soil with a good, good father who is a good farmer who's taking care of me. And he is the he is the water, like the living water. Like he is the breath of life. Like every time the sun comes up and he warms my heart and every time he waters me and he replenishes me and like, how could I ever want anything else? Um, like, yes, like there it's been hard and do I cry a lot and do I hurt a lot? And have there been times where I wish that things wouldn't have been the way that they've been for me? Absolutely. And I think that for my friends and my family too, like I have friends that are dealing with unthinkably difficult things and do I wish I could take that all away from them? Yes, but I can't. And 
And I know that God's going to do something incredible because of what they're walking through. And I'm just waiting to see what it is. And sometimes that has to be enough for you. Sometimes that has to be enough. Like I have a friend who, like, I think I mentioned it, like she just lost her dad and she can hear the promise fulfilled that her brother is going to come to Christ through the midst of this loss. Like my friends that unexpectedly had a a child like early on in their marriage where they didn't want it like they are stronger in their marriage and they are incredible versions of themselves because they became a parent like I have a friend from high school who's a parent and she was saved by the grace of God from an eating disorder and an abusive relationship via a child that she didn't know she needed and like like that's just incredible to me like you don't you don't know Like, you don't know what God's working together. And, like, what presents itself as a weed is going to be burned away. But while it's trying to to hurt you and to harm you and to make things hard for you, like, in those trials, like, you are growing so much. Because if you've ever seen a plant grow, like, through a weed, like, sometimes it's all twisty and turvy and it's knotted. and, And you don't even know how it managed to survive growing through those weeds. But it survived because it's strong. And because it's relentless and like what other attributes do you want to be said about you? Um, I just, I don't have all the answers why bad things happen to good people. I don't know why a malicious act basically got me or what I'm assuming is a series most likely of malicious acts or just general unkindness somehow got me removed from doing something that I'm crazy passionate about and called to do. I don't know why I started a master's degree and then couldn't finish more than a semester of it because I got too sick. I don't know why my friends have lost babies. I don't know why they have suffered postpartum depression. I don't know why our world is going to hell in a handbasket. Like I don't know I don't know why all of these things have happened. Like on a human side of things, I understand that it's sin and it's Satan's interventions and it's it's us allowing Satan's interventions, whether intentionally or not, because when we do horrible things to other people, you can't call that Satan. Like that is sin. Like that's you. That's a choice and not one that we maybe always actively make, but like it gets complicated whether you want to blame God allowing it or Satan encouraging it or you becoming it or whatever it is or a sin nature. Like maybe it's not up to you. Like it is like, there's always a choice and like you, it just gets, I mean, it gets hard. Like it really does. It gets murky. I mean, gosh, I love studying serial killers and like you look at the lives that most serial killers have had like as children and like I understand why they kill people like biologically speaking like neurologically speaking like it makes perfect sense to me why that's the neural pathway that their brain came up with and I'm not saying that that justifies their actions but that was the weed that was sown into their life was a predisposition genetically and then more weeds you know sprouted up in their home life and in their upraising and like upbringing and their raising up whatever Like, it's just the perfect storm. And whenever Satan devises that perfect storm with the weeds, like, that's why, you know, you think about when you throw seeds, like, if you garden, if you've ever, like, thrown seeds, unless you're one of those, like, crazy, like, people that, like, plants them all, like, one at a time very carefully, um, like, you're, like, scattering seeds. And so sometimes one falls and it's by itself or one falls and it just has a couple like kind of close but not that close and then one falls and there's five right on top of it or whatever like you think like why do all these bad things happen to this one good person or like why do no bad things happen to this other person or whatever like it's because like God carefully you know spaced out the seeds and put us where we needed to be and then satan doesn't care satan loves chaos and so he goes and he sprinkles you know weed seeds that sounds stupid and like drugs but it's not like he goes and he does whatever he wants because there's no rhyme or reason to it and there doesn't have to be because he does what he wants and he says i don't care if this is uniform honestly the fact that it's not makes it easier for people to be upset and so i'm just going to do whatever i want and they're going to have to live with the aftermath of it and he's right because we do um but there's not a rhyme or reason to it because i mean satan knows you 
not as intimately as, you know, God does, but he doesn't care about you. So he doesn't care about your inner workings. He doesn't care about really attacking you where it matters most. He haphazardly threw chaos into your life and he's just happy when it hits the right spot, when it hits home, when it's hard enough, when it's big enough, you know? Um, and none of it, none of it's okay. Like, I'm not saying that when bad things happen, like, I'm not saying like, oh, just move on, get over it. Like, it's hard. Like I grieve and I struggle and my trauma is not resolved and um, it's hard. Like I'm not saying that it's not hard and I'm not saying like, you know, to be like pumped up about it or like you can be mad about it. Like you can be upset about it, like be whatever you need to be. But what I'm saying is that God didn't do this to you. You're not being punished. Um, I think a lot of the time we're being tested, not by God, but I think we're being tested Um but humanity is just hard. Everything that we've created about this world, the materialism, you know, the cynicism, the narcissism, all of the isms. Um, my gosh, like how can people thrive when we have created the society that we have? Like when we allow the sin natures to run rampant the way that they do. Like when we glorify people doing horrible things because it's entertaining. Like absolutely like, we have created so much more of this fallen world than probably Satan did by himself. He just gave us the ideas and the space to do it and then waited for us to follow through. Um, and that's a hard reality. Like it's hard to know that we kind of ate in our own disasters. Um, that there have been people that have lost their lives, you know, in the care of a hospital because a doctor is so cocky that he doesn't do the right procedure or he doesn't take the time to do it. Or, you know, um, because... Someone is, you know, trying to make ends meet or trying to prove to someone that they have a big enough house and so they're working a double shift and they fall asleep, you know, when they should be, you know, paying attention or taking care or, you know, um, the police force is criminalized and demonized for doing a job to keep us safe and they only have to have a job to keep us safe because we can't keep our heads together to not be outrageous, to not be selfish and ridiculous and self-serving, um, which thank you for your service if you're a police officer. Um, but like their job exists because our world is broken because we can't get it together. Um, and that I think that's just a hard reality. We blame God and we blame anybody and everything else because we don't want to take responsibility for the actions that we see in ourselves that led us to it. Um, you know, when when someone does a lazy job at work and that, you know, ends up in, you know, repercussions for somebody else, that person receiving the repercussions doesn't want to think about the days that they've had lazy days at work or where they've misread the numbers or they've done something. It's not that it's your fault, but it's, it's humanity. Um, it's not God. God didn't divinely intervene and decide to just like pee on your Cheerios that day. Um, God is good. God doesn't change. Like God sows good things and he works things together for our good. And he fights our battles for us and he loves us and he is ready and prepared to welcome us home whenever it's time to go back in his store barn of a good harvest and he is ready with a torch to burn anything that stands in our way from us with him but we have to allow him to do it and we have to choose him even when the weeds try to take away those options and that's hard it's hard to do that. Um, and I don't know if any of this is making sense. I don't know if this is comforting or helpful or anything like that. But the thing that I've learned through everything that I've been through is that I wouldn't have gotten through it if it wasn't for God. I don't know why it happened. I don't know why it happened to me. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I believe in luck. I definitely don't believe in coincidence. Um, and I don't believe in karma, really. Um, I mean, to a point, I mean, you do kind of attract like, you know, what you put out in the world because if you suck, like people are going to hate you. But um, I don't like I don't have solid answers for any of that. But what I do know is that God was better than it then and he's better than it now. I have said it before, but like I'm not addicted to drugs or something, even when they were readily available because God was because God was good. And I'm not a mother of a seven year old because God is good. And I'm not still in that relationship, you know, any of my past relationships because God is good. And 
because even when it was hard, I held on to the fact that God had more. And I'm, I just, I have to be thankful for that. Like, that's what I have to keep my eyes on. And if you hate everything that I'm saying about this, like, I'm sorry, that's fine. But, um, but God sowed good seed into your life, whatever that looks like, whatever hardship you're facing, whatever loss, whatever turmoil, God's going to make something beautiful out of it and he will carry you through it and he will hold your hand and walk with you through it and he will, you know, put on the armor for you um, and go to battle as long as you let him. But if you are going to blame him um, for the bad things, I don't expect him to move. (laughs) You can't ask him to move when he and you both know that when he does or if he does, you're going to discredit the action. Um, you, you get the gift that you give, um, back to you tenfold. Um, so if you gift nothing, don't expect anything in return, but if you give a little, he gives so much, um, you just have to be willing and able and allow him. Um, I don't know. Generally speaking, I hate that bad things happen to good people. I, hate the people that I have known that I've lost too soon, that we've lost in tragedy. I hate that so many people face unspeakable sadness and heartache. Um, And especially I hate all of it because we face those things and then we basically turn to humanity to fix them. You know, we go see human counselors who are biased and broken, just like we are. Most of us that are counselors are the ones that need counseling the most. And we turn to them, um, or we find comfort in conversations with those that, um, see us the way that we feel safe being seen. Um, we, we develop a new skill or a new habit to try to cope. Um, and all of those things are good, but they're still this side of heaven good. And it's only really when we sit with Jesus, can we start to begin to reconcile and divulge and just like shed all of the weight of the pulling on us that the weeds have been doing. Um, like you think about when you cut a weed off of a flower, how much more rapidly it grows. Um, just because God planted a good seed and then Satan tried to sow in some hardship and some evil doesn't mean that if a weed has happened to you, if a weed has wrapped itself around you, it doesn't mean that God can't cut it off and that you can't ask him to, um, that weed doesn't have to stick with you forever and ever. It might grow with you. It might be a part of you for a season, but it doesn't have to last. Um, you can cut those off and then you can you know, do abundantly more and be abundantly more. Like it doesn't have to stay with you. Um, which is something that I'm learning as I say this out loud. Um, because I struggle with that, letting go of the weeds. It's like the weed wraps around me and I don't know where I am or where, you know, what that is anymore. I can't tell the difference. And that's a hard reality to face. Um, but it's one that I'm aware of and I want you to be aware of it too if if that's you. You know, there are people that hide behind their trauma and hide behind their struggles and I don't know that that's what I do, but they become so much a part of me now that I don't I don't know if I know who I am without them. And so to all of you that are in that boat with me, I know that God does. I know that God knows who we are. Um on the other side of them. And I know that he has the perfect gardening shears to cut those weeds off of us as soon as we allow him. Um, and I know that he's ready to breathe new life and to water us and to watch us grow and to cheer us on as soon as we do cut that weed off. And, and you know, he knows and we know that a new weed will spring up because seeds don't all grow at the same time and at the same rate. And so inevitably another one will come um, whether it be at the roots um, or just up top, um, one will come, but God doesn't change, which means that he's always going to be the good farmer, the good gardener, and he's always going to have those shears, and he's always going to be there to point you in the direction of growth and of life. Um, and I just hope you hear that. I hope that you know that those weeds don't have to stay forever with you. Um that they weren't what God intended, but it doesn't mean that he 
doesn't still have a plan. It doesn't mean that the plan for your life is ruined, that nothing good can ever come. He can make so many beautiful things out of hardship and out of trial. Um, Just don't give up. That weed isn't your forever, and it's not mine either. Um, But you can't hold on. Don't try to uproot the weed, you know, thinking that it will free you because you might end up uprooting yourself and and losing your foundation of who you are, which I think is where blaming God comes in, is because we try to do it all on our own. We don't have the gardening shears, so we think we'll just grab it and we'll just pull out whatever is bad and whatever is hurting us and we will just lash out and we will take care of it ourselves. But when that happens, we break a few of our roots. We strain our water supply. <laughs> you know, we ache. Um, And we get sore and we get tired from trying so hard to rip out parts of our lives that we didn't ask for and that we didn't want when really we could have just asked God to cut them away and to heal us from them. Um, And I think that, I think that that's the biggest thing is knowing that God can cut them away, that they don't last forever. And that if we try to do it ourselves, no wonder we're tired. No wonder we're weary. No wonder we need rest that only can be found in the gospel like no wonder (laughs) like who do we think that we are we were we were a seed planted intentionally and then we all of a sudden think that we can control how we grow and when we grow and what allows us to grow and it's just we can to a point but at some point we need to call in reinforcements and god's not a bad a bad team to have Um, but I just encourage you to not make him your backup plan and not to make him your scapegoat. Um, I don't know. Pay attention. See, see the hurt that you've been through and the hurt that the people closest to you have been through and then see who they are because of it, um, on the good side of things. And if it's not on the good side of things, if you've just been through hell and you're hurting, or maybe someone's been through hardship and now they're a drug addict or they committed suicide or whatever it is. Um, I'm not trying to take away from that loss or that hardship because it matters and it needs a voice and it needs space. But the foundations that have started because of, you know, kids that have been lost to childhood cancer or suicide or the Columbine shooting, like all the self-defense classes, like all the families that are being helped that aren't going to have to face that hardship because somebody else did. It doesn't, it doesn't make it less horrible or less traumatic or less awful but and it doesn't make it worth it but it makes it matter and it makes it mean something um so just look around (laughs) um and just try your best not to blame god (laughs) i mean you can but i really don't know that it'll get you anywhere Stay tuned for episodes airing every Monday so you have someone to have a conversation with all week long. We'll see you here next time.